Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. One of the great things about this podcast, you know, if you listen on a regular basis, um, and I hope you do because we have great conversations about uh, about the law and the legal system, the defense system in particular, but frequently we will jump right on a uh, court case, uh, perhaps a Supreme Court ruling as we did last month, and uh, try and dissect it a little bit, understand it, understand the ramifications of the law uh, in a very recent case. And... Um, you know, today we're we're kind of coming at it sideways, and that's that's okay too. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about um, certain processes, certain things happening in the legal system, and we're drawing from the headlines. We've got certain topics we like to set it, uh, our sights on, and some have been popping up. So we're gonna we're gonna use that opportunity to just talk in in general terms. Uh, with me today, of course, is Attorney James Dore of LaBelle Law. James is. Uh, Outstanding criminal defense attorney who joins us each month to guide us through this. So, um, James, you know, I, I don't know that we've got a real specific topic I could point to today, but I got a whole lot of questions for you. So, I hope you're ready to go. Well, I think I think that sounds right because a lot of people have had a lot of questions for me about the recent news, <laughs> and I think it's fair. So, um, yeah. yeah, we can jump right in. Well, we've seen things uh, here in Chicago on a local level recently about uh, charges being dismissed. We've we've seen things, of course, last year or two on the federal level about um, uh, attorney generals uh, recusing themselves, uh, how different uh, charges are brought or dropped or dismissed. And and people, as you say, they they get a little frustrated by it and and curious about it. so let's just, just talk in general terms. You, you often respect um, or talk respectfully about prosecutors. They have a tough job to do. They have a huge caseload. And at times they will say, look, you know, there's there's an offense here, but first-time offender, small small kind of case, um, we're, we're willing to drop those charges or, or plea. Uh, and, and that's kind of their role, isn't it, to sort of use the court system the most advantageously for the overall good of the community? Well, that, that's correct, Judge. Or, or, I'm sorry, I say Judge because that's ultimately you have to put this in front of a judge. But uh, no, it, it, it is their job to use their judgment um, in, in, in the public uh, interest. So, protecting the public, I think, would be the foremost of prosecutorial uh, uh, goal. Um, and towards that, they have discretion on how to, how they handle their caseload. And, you know, it's one of those things we talk about frequently, Jim, is when I negotiate with prosecutors, I'm looking for the best deal for my client. If I can get all the charges dismissed, absolutely. So dismissal of some or, or one, some or all the charges is, is you know, we're shooting for that at, at, depending on the facts of the case. So, um, you know, I think prosecutors have discretion, and, I get, and that's what we're looking at is the, the kind of the best practices in using that discretion. Well, best pra- that's exactly where I was going to go next, because I, I think we're all used to that. We're used to the system working this way, but I think we're also used to sort of seeing and hearing things working in an orderly fashion. And is it safe to say, at least in some recent headlines uh, in different places, that some of the things that have been done are, seem to kind of jump out, and, and even those in your legal profession are saying, wait, this doesn't look like it was done the way we would expect it to be done. Right, and I, and, and I call uh, the listeners' attention to the Illinois Prosecutors Bar Association, and in response to that dismissal, you know, they, they did a, issue a, a public uh, a statement, 
And one of the sentences in the statement is, and I'll quote here, the manner in which this case was dismissed was abnormal and unfamiliar to those who practice law in criminal courthouses across the state. So abnormal and unfamiliar. These aren't comfortable words in the law when we're talking about Mm -hmm. due process and fundamental fairness. So obviously that sticks out um, as a very unique case in in this circumstance. Yeah, and I think in, in for all all of us and you in particular in the system, you know, things that stand out as unusual are, are not what we want to see. We want to see sort of a uh, you know precedent. We want to see a structure, and we want to see a process being followed. And sometimes what we see is, I, I guess I would say that you know that process not being followed. As an example, uh, I think you've described to me that if a prosecutor wants to defer charges or you know reduce charges and just say, look, we won't have anything on the record as long as you do some community service for these would be i assume misdemeanors there's a process then that makes sure that community service gets done before the charges go away right in in the legal world process is hugely important so when things are um out of the ordinary it calls into question you know uh, whether or not due process was followed whether or not the rule of law was followed because we expect certain things under the rule of law such as everybody's treated equal before uh, the court. So things mm-hmm. like uh, um, wealth and fame and, and, and personal uh, uh, friendships aren't things that should influence, you know, those, those triers of factor, those, influ- uh, those who have influence and power in the system. So, you know, when that call- gets called into question, you know, as it, a defense attorney, you know, where, I, where I'm fearful is that the, you know, public at large will not will lose respect for the criminal justice system and the rule of law, just in general, if they don't think that they, they, they will be treated fairly under the system. And in light of recent uh, events, I, I don't think I could argue with a client who, who thought that. Mm-hmm. And do you? And I don't mean this facetiously, but we we've talked many times about how long things can take in, in a judicial system. When you see something happening that is, first of all, unusual and it happens very quickly, is that a bigger red flag for you? Well, and it's one of the things that the IPBA pointed out, the fact that this uh, case was motioned up. It wasn't on the regularly scheduled court call. It was advanced. And the reason that it was advanced, well, is to exclude the public. We could assume that that would Mm -hmm. at least be one of the reasons um, because no notice was given. It was an emergency hearing when there was actually no emergency. And... Um, public was not notified. Police department was not notified. Uh, many people were not notified. So, it, when things are happen, uh, things happen in the legal system in secret. And that causes it, it, again, it's a cause for concern because our our system is built around you know, having an open process where the public is involved in many things. Public is involved in, in actually uh, witnessing the events in court. They can be involved as a juror. So our juries are very important. Is, is another reason that, that you know the public is involved. Right? This is our justice mm-hmm. system. So, yeah, that, that's that's where the, the, again I, I have concerns. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit, and, and of course, uh, James Dore, uh, attorney with Lavelle Laws, is here today talking about uh, our judicial system and some of the recent court cases um, featuring celebrities and politicians and others that have uh, popped up uh, in, in our newspapers and our news feeds online uh, in the last couple of weeks here in Cook County and nationally as well, um, and. You mentioned there, you know, police not being informed. Now, I think some of these cases involved expungements, um, and and you've talked about those and 
you know, there's expungements and there's, you know, plea bargains, there's things being dropped. I, I guess we don't need all the definitions this time. But in this case, wouldn't normally the police or public service folks have some opportunity to, to concur before that happens? Right. I mean, there's a few things that were out of the ordinary here. Um, one, we have a defendant who took absolutely no acknowledgement of culpability to begin with. And then, after having the case dismissed, then the case was sealed uh, in Stanter with no notice given to the prosecuting or to the uh, police agencies involved in the state uh, pursuant to, to statute. Now, in, in, in a petition to expunge or a petition to seal, um, there's a 60-day wait period because when you file that petition as a, as a petitioner, you have to provide notice to the prosecuting authority. Okay, let's assume they had authority here or notice here. You have to provide notice to the Illinois State Police, even if they didn't make the arrest. They're still entitled to do a, a, their research, and the, the, the arresting police agency is also entitled to notice because they are allowed by law to object to the petition going forward and to, to demand a hearing. Um, you know, so they, they have 60 days to review the petition, file an objection, so they can appear in court at a hearing and state their objection to the, to the judge in person. So that, that, that was you know, entirely uh, 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 ignored in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of funny things happening in, in this particular county case as we, as we look at it. Now, um, in this case, and we've also seen it a few other places recently, we hear of... Uh, people, whether it's a state's attorney or someone else, recusing themselves from a case. First of all, quickly, tell us what that means and tell us why that's a concern. Well, when uh, when somebody recuses themselves for a case, they're saying that there's a reason why they, they um, uh, and again, there's a standard of, of appearance of impropriety. So if it, if it would appear that somebody was not capable of being fair, then they are, you know, by law, required to step forward and say, hey, I'm recusing myself because it could be a reason. I'm friends with this person. I've been involved in this case. I've been involved in litigation involving one of the parties. And there's any number of reasons why you would step aside and say somebody else needs to step in. It could be a judge recusing themselves from hearing a case, or in a case like this where a prosecutor recused uh, themselves because, you know, same thing, there's, there's involvement there, um, personal involvement with some of the parties, which is highly irregular. Um, so uh, when, a, uh, when there is a recusal, the, the substituting uh, person is important. So in a, in a case like this involving a state's attorney's office, we need to, you can't just step aside and have the next person in the office take the case. The recusal applies to the whole office of the state's attorney. So that means some other party in the state would have to come in, such as a state's attorney from a, an adjacent county. Um, you know, there could be some provisions for the attorney general or special prosecutor. Whatever the case may be, if somebody supposed to be outside of that office is supposed to step mm-hmm. in then and make the prosecutorial decisions regarding the case. And uh, once you know, once that alarm goes off. Um, you know, it starts to make you wonder and you want to know more about it. And in a few cases recently, we've also seen then that at the back end of this, the records are sealed. So whatever has happened, whatever discussions have taken place, whatever evidence, everything, it sounds to me like um, just kind of gets wrapped up and now nobody knows what happened. And that right. that can't be a good thing for, for general public uh, faith in the system. Just basic things. Like I just said, the appearance of impropriety. 
when it, when, it, when something's swept under the rug and then sealed. So when the public wants to step forward and ask questions like, what happened here? That's none of your business. That's the reply. Well, this is in the public's interest, business. This is entirely within the public's business. And having things sealed, it's just it, the appearance of impropriety, if that's your standard, that, that this, this case and instance, it fell well short of that standard. And, and just in general, you know, to kind of take it back to some of the previous discussions we've had on liberty and the law, and you mentioned it earlier, I mean, there's, there's certainly nothing wrong within the judicial system uh, to have someone submit a, you know, a plea arrangement. To, and in those cases, I believe that what you're saying is, yes, I, I committed the offense, uh, I'm responsible for it, but from a prosecutor's point of view, um, we can reduce those charges to simply get some form of uh, punishment on the books, and, and then we all go away and, and think that, you know, it's been handled at least clearly. And right. In some of these recent cases, n- none of that happens. Right, and, that, and that's the thing, too. The prosecutors, they have that authority, and most, I mean, most if not, almost all of them exercise their judgment in, 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 in reasonable manner, okay? And we can disagree over some outcomes, but we wouldn't take a step back and say, oh, that's, that's, that's a violation of, of legal principles or, you know, it's, it's so out of the ordinary to call attention to it. So, you know, like you just discussed, you know, a prosecutor can make an agreement with a defense attorney and take into account, okay, the defendant, and has he been a good citizen? Has he been a productive member of society? Does he deserve some sort of a break? And then they can respond by saying, yeah, if, you, if your client pleads guilty to this charge, I'll reduce these other charges or dismiss them all. But there's going to be something on their record, an acknowledgement of guilt, you know, something in front of the judge. It, it won't just simply be dismissed in no explanation and uh, nothing to see here. You know, there's, 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 there's standards that prosecutors follow, best practices that they follow. One of them that is to get the acknowledgement of, of, of the guilt or culpability on the record, and then they can make their recommendations of, in light of that, we are dismissing these charges because, you know, the, the, the defendant did community service or has been a productive member of society or has paid a fine or all of the above, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But it, it's going to be a, a, a practice like that that is reviewed and there's, there's a basis for it and it makes sense. And most prosecutors operate that way. They, they, they don't normally just dismiss all charges without a reason. They will, they will get the best uh, outcome they can for you know, the people of the state of Illinois or whoever the prosecutor is. So, yeah. Well, uh, James Dwarf has been with us of Lavelle Law. As always, we appreciate his visits each month. And, um, you know, it's great to hear whether it's uh, from a prosecutor's point of view or a defense attorney a respect for rule of law and respect for the system and people having faith in the system. And we'll continue to kind of look at some of these issues going forward, but we'll let James go uh, today. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Liberty and the Law.